Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Today's guest lives in Maryland with his family and two feuding cats. He enjoys British science fiction and acknowledges an unhealthy addiction to diet soda. He holds an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry from George Mason University. He still writes poetry most Monday nights with a group of fellow misfits in Brunswick, Maryland. Today, we welcome Mickey Kennedy to Nurture Small Business. He is a PR expert, press release ninja, media relations networker, and the owner of e-releases. Mickey, thank you so much for being on today's show. Thanks for having me, Denise. So I got super excited about all that really cool personal information. Tell me, do you do spoken word also? Um, not so much spoken word. I've done it before, but I don't feel very comfortable with it. I like to spend time writing and getting it where I feel like it's just right. So if I get asked you to give us an example of your poetry, that would probably not be an ideal thing to do. Probably not ideal. <laughs> no worries. I won't do that to you. Okay. So uh, you are, you have a mastery of words clearly. And I suspect that that's largely, you know, the reason why you got into the industry that you're in. So tell me what inspired you to, you know, if I'm not correct, what did inspire you to start your company? Well, I was working for a telecom startup in Washington, D.C., and we were faxing press releases. And I had to program <laughs> a machine with 100 numbers because that's all I held. And we had 180 contacts. So after I sent it, which took almost the entire day, I would have to reprogram another 80 numbers in it and 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 then hit send the next day. That sounds and super so, inefficient. <laughs> it is. And we started to get, because we published telecom statistics, it was very number heavy. And we started getting a lot of calls saying, hey, could you just email us the Word document? That way we can copy and paste these numbers rather than uh, typing them out from a, a printed fax. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I mentioned it to my boss and I said, someone should do email press releases. And he goes, that should be you. And so <laughs> I, I spent the next year contacting journalists and said, uh, you know, I'd love to have you in my database. And they're all like, yeah, that sounds interesting and cool. And it, it just sort of grew out from there. Over the years, um, we were approached by PR Newswire and they said, hey, you should also send your releases through us. And I'm like, well, you know, you guys charge $1,000 to move a release nationally. My people can't afford that. So we eventually came up with a win-win situation. They had an editorial team overnight that didn't do much, but they needed to be there for breaking news. Mm. So we scheduled most of our releases by, for the next uh, business morning. So that way yeah. they can work on these releases and get them set up during their off hours. And that so is pretty just sort of something that would be a win-win for both of us, both the, the small businesses that, you know, would benefit from the access to the newswire and them from, you know, having additional hours available that they could be working on releases. Yeah. From a business perspective, you had that workforce available in, you know, the, the service did, they had that workforce available to be able to do that and create, generate some additional revenue. That is, you know, business owner's dream, I would think, and certainly helped you in getting your business off the ground and accomplishing your goals. So, I mean, 
I'm I'm familiar, and I say familiar very loosely <laughs> in this case, with press releases. And most of the time I see people putting press releases out for events, new hires, promotion. Is Are these the type of pre- press releases people should be using? No, but they are oh. the types of press releases people are using. I would say about 80% of the press releases that we get at e-releases um, aren't going to result in media coverage. They're, you know, a new hire, director of HR, you know, a, a local uh, local newspaper might be interested in that and perhaps a trade publication. And that's it. You know, those types of press release announcements aren't going to generate much. And I am fighting a battle with my clients where I'm trying to get them to do more strategic press releases. They're going to see better results and, and, and get media attention, but they need to take this strategy and put that in the planning of what they're going to write about because the press releases we get are well-written. They're just the subject matter isn't very newsworthy. Okay. So what would you deem a newsworthy press release? Well, I, I, I put together recently a whole strategy campaign for my customers to train them. And uh, it's a, a masterclass. And one of the main ones that I've seen that works again and again is surveys, statistics, data. Journalists love data. And if you're a small business, you're like, how can I get data? Well, you can do a survey of your customers or your leads. You can partner with a small trade association and say, hey, could you send this survey link out to your members and I'll co-brand you in a press release I'm going to be sending out over the wire. Small trade publications love exposure and media attention, and it gives you credibility aligning yourself with them uh, to, to send it out. I always say uh, the best surveys have two or three quirky little questions uh, because often those are the ones that the journalists love to to report on. You'll often see in the headline, you know, uh, 10 strangest things left in automobile at an auto repair (laughs) shop. And, uh, you know, those those came from basically just an open-ended question saying, what's the strangest thing you found uh, repairing someone's car? And you just have a field and people love that. You know, it's like I found a pet boa constrictor. I found uh, (laughs) I found grandma in a urn. Uh, Oh, my gosh, no. (laughs) Those are things that the media loves. And you have to sort of always say, you know, while you want to get your name out there and get exposure for your company, the journalist is a gatekeeper trying to get fascinating uh, information and stuff that the, their readers would, would want to read about. And, and a survey and study is like one of the easiest ways to do it. That makes sense. But it does also take time. How, how, how do, do you assist with that portion of it at all? I don't. I just uh, provide this the strategy. I mean, if you use like a, a, a system like SurveyMonkey, they analyze the data and make it very easy and, and digestible for you. So really, it's just a matter of formulating uh, what the questions you're going to ask. And you're going to ask the, you know, the pretty basic average questions. But, you know, uh, take a little time and sort of think through what you could ask that would be a little quirky or strange that your industry would would find interesting. And uh, so it doesn't have to be very difficult. Um, Generally, if you have a hundred respondents or more, the the media likes that. So it doesn't have to be a big sampling of 1500 people or anything like that. Very few of these ever stand the rigors of a scientific method, but you know, they, they are data. Uh, You know, it is data. The the media loves it and it it works. And so uh, that's, 
that's one of the easiest things. Another thing you can do is take existing data that's out there and just package it and put it together. You know, there's uh, someone who specializes in that where he analyzes particular industries and he pulls together lots of interesting data that's all publicly available, but no one's put it together and sort of created this analysis that, that he does. Oh, that's interesting. So when you say, you know, a hundred or more that for me as a business owner, that makes it much more doable because when we're talking about surveys, it's like, how many do I need to ask? 500, 5,000, woo. Right. Um, but a hundred definitely makes it more doable for a business owner who wants to use this method to, to go ahead and, and execute it actually. Can you give me an example of maybe two examples <laughs> of a poorly written press release and a well-written press release on the same topic? Sure. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, you know, company X hires, you know, John Smith is the new director of HR, because I'd mentioned that before. And basically, they're like, company X hired John, John does, uh, will we'll report to so and so his responsibilities include and that's it. You know, a, a well written version of that might be talking about his experience, the people that he worked with, how many people he managed, uh, a, a, an interesting quote. Um, you know, quotes are one of those things where uh, so many people just put something safe down and journalists will just paraphrase it and not leave it in a quote. But uh, if you say something compelling or interesting or, you know, has some flourish to it, the journalists will keep that quote. And the great thing about the quote is, uh, you know, it's another mention of your company. You know, it's usually uh, said John Smith, you know, director of HR at company X. So a lot of times when stories get worked on, if your quote survives, you know, your company is going to survive in the article because there are times where a client has an interesting idea for a press release. He sends it out. Uh, an article gets written. And the managing editor looks at it and said, this is a great article, but why do they have a quote and a mention by this small company I've never heard of? And they cross it out, not knowing <laughs> that they inspired the story. Uh, mm-hmm. But if that was an amazing quote, he's not going to cross it out. He goes, I've never heard of this company, but that's a really good quote. So I can see why it's in here. It makes sense. So quotes are, are really powerful. And you know, between the two examples, as much information as you can give is important. I mean, uh, when it comes to like a personnel person, uh, you know, mention if they, you know, graduated university with the honors, you know, sometimes mentioning alumni, anything you can do that people can attach uh, attach to uh, can be relevant because you might find that your local school newspaper will, will pick it up sometimes as well when they see alumni getting mentioned and things like that. Being a business owner can sometimes feel like being on an island. Our Thriving Thursday event, which is hosted by Nurture Small Business Podcast, is a connection for business owners. Join us by visiting dcavirtual.com slash podcast, where you can register for our next event on May 13th. Remember, Thriving Thursday to connect business owners. And my experience with press releases, and I, I tell people when they want me to write them, I'm like, I, yeah, it's I can, but I'm going to follow a template I, I, and I don't have the connections to the media outlets. So knowing you is a blessing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and just the, the templates that I've worked with, you know, none of them approach it from a comical, funny, quirky sense. Does that work? 
It can work. Uh, sometimes it could come across as a little flippant. I always say to to sort of uh, write an objective, plain, boring style. Your quote, that's where you can shine and elevate your language and uh, you know really have something that's compelling. But you really don't need the rest of it to be that interesting. At the end of the day, you want them to take the, the facts that are there and turn it into an article. And that's the real goal of it because there's a whole industry of press release marketing out there that the whole job is just to syndicate the press release duplicate the press release on a bunch of little media websites. And that doesn't help you from an SEO standpoint, you know, it's duplicate content. Uh, So, and you're not really reaching media or an audience because those websites don't have real traffic or anything. But if you get picked up in the New York times and they write an article about you, that's a big deal. You know, when you get people looking for you based on that article or, or clicking through to you, you know, they're, they're more likely to buy because when people see an article and read about a product or service or an interesting company, they want to do business with it. So they go there and they're not going to open another window and say, can I get it cheaper on Amazon? Uh, like <laughs> normal shoppers do. And, you know, there's there's something about this earned media that gives a, a, a big credibility boost that you don't get with advertising. When uh, someone clicks through from an ad, they often will price shop or say, yeah, I kind of get it on Amazon for a little bit cheaper. But generally when it's a, a profile or a spotlight of a company um, by an, you know, in an article in a you know major or minor newspaper or trade publication, people have this warm feeling and want to do business with that company. Yeah, it, it creates credibility because you're because of the credibility of the publication. Sure, I, I would think. Um, so you said something interesting to me in our pre-call. You have no salespeople. So when I call your office, who do I talk to? You're talking to an editor. We have uh, six editors and they uh, rotate answering phones, responding to chats. Uh, That's been an interesting development over the past 22 years is a lot more people prefer doing chats. And so (laughs) they don't have to be on a phone because I think that they fear that they're going to be sold to. And we we don't do that. Uh, You know, if someone calls and says, I want to reach my local newspaper, are you a good service? We say no. If you want to reach a local paper or even local media, you can do that yourself easily for free. You just find out, you, you read the paper, you say, who generally writes about companies like mine? And then you just contact that person. You call and say, I'd like that person's email address. They'll give it to you 99% of the time. If not, you can do a a search for how to find someone's email address. And there's services out there that'll do it for free for like the first 30 contacts or something like that. So, you know, for local media, there's probably no more than 10 people who would ever write or cover you. Uh, It might be a local business paper, the local newspaper, a minor paper. If it's TV or radio, uh, you you kind of find programs that spotlight businesses might be a special radio program that's on Saturday or something. Just find out who the producer or booker of that show is. You don't want to contact the host and just introduce yourself and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I think right now is really interesting. And you can get local media attention yourself. So I always tell people that's the easiest thing that you can do on your own with minimal effort. And then just, you know, uh, once you have that list, reach out to them. I say quarterly or as you have milestones in your business. And if you haven't contacted them in a while, but you see something in your industry that's a cool development, you could just uh, give them a tip and they'll appreciate that. And they'll remember it next time you have a milestone that you do want to share with them. I love that. I love that. That's 
great advice for business owners on a way that they can get their own local media. So, so local media is not what you specialize in. You specialize in large broadcast. Can you explain a little bit more about how that works? Right. So we, we do send to local media, but you're going to get better results yourself. Um, we, we send all of our releases through email, which is how we started email releases. And then we also do the um, distribution through PR Newswire. And uh, PR Newswire is the oldest and largest newswire of press releases. And when people hear newswires, they often think of the AP, uh, UPI, United Press International, and Reuters. And they are uh, newswires, but they are not newswires of press releases. They actually write everything they send and they license it to newspapers where it's cheaper for them to, for every breaking national story, I can just pay a small fee to Reuters or the Associated Press and use that article rather than having, you know, a huge staff to, to handle that kind of content. So their staff is generally working on more local stuff in, in local papers and things like that. And, and they rely on the licensing for that. So PR Newswire works similarly in which the news is disseminated electronically to newsrooms, often over intranets and also over the internet where journalists can log in and see their industry feeds. They can also customize it so that if they cover say fashion, but they don't cover ready to wear or retail fashion. It's like, you know, uh, high fashion, they can do um, restrictions so that they only see certain types of releases or capture releases that mention certain type of keywords and things like that. So it really does, you know, get in front of the journalist. It's usually headline driven and then they click through to view the article if the headline uh, is of interest to them. So your headline is the most important element of the press release as a result of that. Yeah, sort of like blogs and everything else. <laughs> I totally get that. Okay, so Mickey, what haven't I asked you that I probably should have? Well, let's see. I I think that I, I mentioned the strategy and and the and the and the masterclass that I that I put together. Some of the other things that work really well for press releases are being contrarian. A lot of people take that as being like just, uh, you know, an industry grouch. But if you can point out when, when the whole industry is talking about something very favorably, like, you know, electric cars, for example, and how that's the future, you could sort of position saying, while that's true, we really need to take into consideration the environmental damage of mining for these elements to make the batteries. And plus, we have this fact of all of these batteries are going to reach end of life, and we really don't have recycling and measures in place to address that. Uh, and so, you know, that's a logical, well-reasoned control approach. You just don't want to be the oddball out there who just says it's stupid, it's dumb or anything like that. You want to be well-reasoned. But um, because journalists like to have both sides of an argument, being contrarian is an easy way to insert yourself in something that's popular uh, because it's easy for them to find a quote that goes along with the mainstream view that, hey, you know, electric cars are the future, but to find someone who's sitting there saying, hey, here's some red flags or some caution that we should consider those aren't out there. So, you, you know, if you can make it easy for them to find you, they'll certainly include you in articles they're writing about that subject. Other things that work really well include, let's see, uh, uh, industry blind spots. Analyze your industry and try to think of, you know, what what's my industry not talking about? What are my trade publications ignoring? Uh, I had a carpet company come to me once and, and it was a local carpet company in New Jersey. And they said, we want to do a press release every month. And I said, okay, but 
I will tell you, I don't think PR is going to work for you. Being a local business is very difficult to position yourself out there, but they said, we've got the budget, so we just want to do it. And at month five, with no media pickup. So they'd done five releases with no pickup. I basically was just brainstorming with them. And I was like, who's your enemy? Thinking it's another local carpet company. He goes, no, it's uh, the big box home improvement stores. And so I, I, I said, tell me more. And I, and, and I said, how do you market against them? And we did a press release. How does a local carpet company in New Jersey market against you know, Home Depot and Lowe's when they know they have a superior product and they're paying their workers uh, you know, a, a salary and home, uh, home Depot and Lowe's are just using pickup contractors and the person who installs tomorrow may never work for them again and they don't really you know, vet them very well. And so we did that. We sent it out. Every floor trade publication picked it up. I mean, I didn't realize there was like that many. There was like Amazing. eight or nine of them that picked it up. And one of them said we've got more of a response from this article than we've gotten from anything else combined this past year. And they said, if you want to write about marketing, we would just love to, 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 you know, uh, produce articles for you, including a column if you're interested. And my client wasn't because they're like, I'm already paying you to write a release. Now I'll pay you to write an article every month. That's not what we want to do. But we did do regular marketing press releases after that. And they all, they got picked up very often and uh, they got coverage in their local media and even in their state business publications as well. And what they did with that was they put together a, they call it a brag book. And it's a big book of all their clippings. And Mm. when they go give someone a quote, they used to always try to come in one to 2% below what they think Home Depot and Lowe's is going to charge. And so they come in and they said, hey, we're not going to be as, as cheap as Home Depot and Lowe's. And this is why. This is our padding. The, you know, the, this is a superior padding. Uh, we use uh, employees that have been with us 20, 30 years. We pay them a living wage, uh, you know, all, all, and we're local. And here you can see we've been recognized nationally by this floor trade publication, this publication. Here we are in the local newspaper. And, you know, uh, you're not going to find Find that with any other carpet company and they started getting 20 to 30 percent more closes that you know conversions and they were charging more like 10 percent higher and that was the reputation and credibility that comes with that earned media and they were able to put that in front of the customer and show the customer and the customer's looking through it and they're impressed and they're like yeah there's here's company a here's company b but just for a couple hundred dollars more we can rest assured that we're going to get a really good product from a really great company that's been recognized so, so it takes having to compete via just price point out of the equation now that they've got this credibility in front of them. That's, I love that. And that's what every business owner looks for is that, you know, negotiation point that gives them the advantage. So perfect. I'm so glad that you added this in. Mickey, how can our listeners find you after the show? Okay. So if you just visit the, my website, ereleases.com, and I mentioned the masterclass that I did, it's available for free at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And it basically gives you, uh, it's about an hour long and it gives you a really great overview of all of the um, strategies that are working right now for my clients. And, and most of them have been working for years and they're very easy for you to apply regardless of what industry you're in, what kind of company you are. And it gives you a really good tool for putting together a PR campaign. And, you know, if you are going to consider press releases, I always say, try to commit to doing a proper campaign of at least six press releases, trying different hooks, trying different angles until you ultimately find something that works for you. 
And if people don't want to take this masterclass and they just want to hire you to do it, they can do that too. And you'll write them. Okay. That's what we do. All right. That's perfect. I so appreciate it. I love the advice you've given our listeners. Very actionable things in there. Thank you, Mickey. It was great being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.